Welcome to the White Hatter Parenting in an Online World podcast. And on this podcast, we're going to be taking a more holistic approach to online safety in an enlightening and not frightening way, based upon facts and not fear. We will provide parents and caregivers and educators with real-world examples, experiences, and evidence-based research that will help to keep our kids safer emotionally, psychologically, physically, and even socially when they're navigating today's online world. Let's get after it, shall we? Well, welcome everyone, Darren with the White Hatter team, and I'm excited to be your host. It's October 29th, two days until Halloween, so we thought on this podcast episode, we would cover a topic in the Halloween spirit. The topic? The Dark Deep Web. During our student presentations over the past year, we've noted an increase in the number of questions from both middle school and high school students about the dark web. Why is this happening? We hypothesize that media in all its forms is shining a light on this part of the internet, which may spark a teen's curiosity to search it out online. Given the mystique surrounding the deep dark web and the fact that teens are curious about what they can find online, we thought this podcast would be important for parents. Knowledge and the understanding and application of that knowledge is power. With the information in this podcast, you can now have informed discussions with your child if and when the topic of the deep dark web comes up. Many parents and caregivers are unaware that the World Wide Web actually has three distinct areas that can be accessed via a computer or cell phone. The first level is the surface web, also known as the open web. This is the most commonly used but smallest part of the internet where public facing web pages are accessed via traditional browsers like Google Chrome, Internet Explorer, and Firefox. Websites on the surface web are usually labeled with registry operators like .com, .org, or .ca and can easily be located with popular search engines. When you Google something online, you are searching the surface web. The second level of the internet is the deep web. The deep web, which is the largest part of the internet, rests below the surface web and accounts for approximately 90% of all websites located on the internet. This part of the internet is not necessarily indexed, can only be accessed via a specialized browser, and are not searchable via traditional search engines such as Google Search. Many parents and teens believe that accessing the deep web is illegal. It's not. Although many people believe that the deep web contains only less than desirable content, much of it actually contains things such as scholarly articles and academic journals for universities, databases that are not connected to the internet but rather to an internet or intranet that can only be accessed within an organization, financial accounts like banking and retirement information, email and social messaging accounts, private enterprise databases, privacy-sensitive information like medical documentation, and legal files. Without knowing it, many of you who are listening to this podcast likely have accessed the deep web via a surface-based website. As an example, if a website on the surface web is using a paywall or a password to access private information that is not indexable, then you've probably accessed the deep web. So yes, some portions of the deep web can still be accessed via links on a surface-based website. This is why users who are using the surface web can still end up on a privacy site, a piracy site, a radicalized forum, or view disturbing and violent content. 
Now, a significant benefit to the deep web, it offers those living under oppressive or restrictive government protections and privacy from persecution. Given that the deep web is anonymous, it makes it difficult for government officials to monitor, and it also allows access to current news without government censorship or filtering. This is why the deep web is popular with civil liberties groups, journalists, political activists, and those who want increased privacy online. Parenting note, given that deep web information is not indexed publicly, it can be slower to access when compared to searching surface web information. Also, given that the deep web is not as flashy as the surface web, teens often don't stay long given its lack of luster and usability. The third level of the internet is the dark web. The dark web is a smaller unregulated component of the deep web. Dark web sites are not indexed, obscure the user's IP address, and are only accessible via a specialized web browser such as the Onion Router, better known as Tor, which is free to download. It is because of this fact that parents need to know that youth can't accidentally access the dark web. They purposely have to access it using the Tor browser. Given the nature of the dark web, users can find themselves regularly exposed to several types of malicious malware, such as keystroke loggers, botnet malware, ransomware, and phishing malware, to name a few. It is important to note that those who access the darknet without appropriate privacy and security protocols in place are at risk for a targeted hack. This is especially true if clicking on any link for any reason in the dark web. There are even sites in the dark web known as drive-by sites where just landing on a specific site could covertly download malware onto your device or your home network if proper security software and hardware protection is not in place. The reputation of the dark web has often been linked to illegal content and criminal trading sites where a user can purchase illegal goods or services. However, like the deep web, the dark web's legality of use is based on how a user engages with it. So what can the dark web be used for when it comes to illegal activity? Here are some of the things that we have seen. The trading or purchasing of stolen credit cards. The trading or purchasing of personal identifiable information that can be used for identity theft. The illegal sales of firearms. The sales of illegal drugs. The sales of stolen property. Illegal gambling. Human trafficking. The hiring of cyber attack services. Promotion and recruitment for terrorism. The trading or sale of child sexual abuse material. And videos of people having sex with dead people known as necrophilia. So what should you do if you learn your child is accessing the deep web or the dark web? Number one, don't panic. Remember, your child hasn't necessarily done anything wrong. Context as to the why they have accessed the deeper dark web is important. Remember, often it's just about satisfying their curiosity about what it is. Number two, have an open and honest discussion with your child about what you've learned in this podcast. Get them to critically think about what they're doing and what they've seen online. Remember, curiosity is a natural thing with youth, especially when it comes to the internet, so it is important to acknowledge this fact. Number three, if it is a younger teen who is accessing the dark web, remove their ability to do so by blocking use of the Tor browser. Others include Subgraph OS, Tails, Opera, Hoonix, and Waterfront as well, which can be done on their device and at the home router level. More importantly, explain to your child why you've taken this action. Important note, the Tor browser can be downloaded and used on any cell phone, laptop, or desktop computer, so make sure you check any and all that your teen may own.
Remember, the attraction to the deep and dark web is its mystery, and because of this fact, it can be appealing for some youth to search them out online. Talking to your child about the content of this article can go a long way in demystifying what happens in the deep and dark web. More importantly, such discussions can highlight the dangers of doing so. As an added bonus, we've added a link to a great video on the dark deep web from our friends at www.thinkyouknow.ca.uk that highlights many of the points discussed in the article and you can find that link in the notes of this podcast. As we always say in all our parenting caregiver programs, be your child's best parent and not their best friend when it comes to their own life world. There is a difference. However, to do this, parents and caregivers need to educate themselves as well, and that is what this podcast is all about. Remember, parents, you are not alone on this digital journey. We are here to help. Don't forget to check out our website at www.thewhitehatter.ca and our White Hatter Facebook page where there's just a ton of free content to help parents and caregivers parent in today's online world. As well, on our website, we outline all the programs that we offer to schools, families and youth groups and even businesses when it comes to social media safety and digital literacy. Stay strong. Be that mentor and digital sheepdog. And from the White Hatter team, thank you for listening. Now, given that we are so busy with school presentations, we've decided to move to a monthly podcast episode rather than a weekly one. So have a safe Halloween, everyone. And we look forward to next month's podcast. Bye now.